Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Team Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. Time for our weekly visit with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. And uh, Dr. Uh, on the Move this week, uh, checking in with us from the uh, BMW Championship, where he is medical director. Uh, Kev, good morning to you. Uh, that's pretty exciting for you, I know, right? Good morning, Dean. Yeah, you know, it is. It's a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I was very fortunate to receive an Evans scholarship. So anytime I can give back a little bit to the Western Golf Association is kind of special. So, yeah. Uh, and I have a little bit easy duty here this week. All I had was players, caddies, BMW uh, executives. So uh, my partners here from Philly and from uh uh, Wilmington, Delaware, the Christiana Care people have really been doing a great job as well. Very nice. So uh, how, for how long will you be there uh, in your capacity as medical director? I have been here for seven days, oh. and I am now headed back to beautiful Chicago. Oh, you're in the, you're actually <laughs> headed back today, so we're, uh, we're yep. catching on the tail end of this. <laughs> well, that has the weather been nice there? Has it been uh, you know a pleasant time for you? Yeah, you know, Dean, when I flew in on Sunday, it was beautiful, so a week ago. And uh, a lot of people told me, boy, you're lucky you weren't here for the 10 days previous because we had heat index as well over 100. Mm. And this week, the weather's been delightful and um, a little humid today, a little heavy fog. But for the most part, uh, caddies and players did well. So that's all that I was concerned about. Yeah, in that kind of weather, I mean, people think of golf being... uh you know, a fairly sedentary sport, you know, because you hit the ball, you walk, you know, or, or get in your cart. Uh, they don't think it's being overly uh, physical, but actually uh, it, it could be dangerous. I mean, we're, we're looking at hot weather again coming in the Chicago area and people doing things outside like that uh, still have to take uh, the, the correct precautions, right? Absolutely. You know, these caddies are carrying 45-pound bags walking seven miles up and down hills, so... You know, the players certainly are in great shape and really take good care of themselves. The caddies do for the most part as well, but the stress on the caddies is really tough. And the fans at least have an opportunity to, you know, get in some shade and can sit and rest. But those caddies are really moving and the players are moving. So fortunately, we've uh, dodged quite a few bullets and um, just really had this this week actually was more of a pediatrics week for me i took care of more players kids than mm. i did players yeah. which is fun yeah uh are people wearing masks uh, in the outdoors uh, over there or no i would say of the thirty thousand people that were there yesterday i probably saw a handful of masks the one thing i did say i saw an increased number of masks as they walked into the merchandise tent so you know, I don't even, I should have checked to see what the rates are here in Delaware and Philly area, but uh, I would imagine they're still kind of creeping up as they are across the country. Yeah, just like every place else. Uh, the I guess the, you know, the latest on this now, as uh, precautions continue to be taken down, uh, the, uh, the latest news on uh, all things COVID are these new boosters that should be out shortly. What What's the latest on that? Are we still looking at... Uh, sometime in September, October? 
Yeah, you know, when he made the statement last week that that booster would be available in a few short weeks, two things that people may not have caught. One is a few short weeks, which just really does get us into early September. Probably the more important thing is, if everybody knows right now, those boosters are only available for those individuals over the age of 50 who are immunocompromised. Well, they've already rolled it out that these boosters are going to be for everybody 12 and over, which is so key as we're sending these kids back to school with decreased mitigation uh, efforts in place. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it just makes sense, doesn't it, that everybody should be covered by this. I mean, frankly... Uh, it seems like we've dropped the ball several times of not moving quickly enough, not having uh, product available for people to get vaccines. And they're kind of repeating the same thing over again with monkeypox. They are, Dean, and it's it's um, it's disappointing. You know, you, you almost wish that monkeypox came before COVID and we learned something. But certainly we are not showing it. And uh, Dr. Walensky is a little embarrassed. He saw her probably this week saying, hey, we need to overhaul the CDC. You know, people knew some of the things that happened just recently. I mean, we had 20 million doses of monkeypox vaccine that we let expire and we did not order new. By the time it got to a point where we knew that monkeypox was going to be spreading around the world, we went back to them and said, hey, by the way, we have an order here that we'd like to fill. And they said, we're sorry. We've got 45 countries that actually took those doses, and you're going to have to wait. Yeah. And that's why we're now doing that monkeypox dose at a fifth of a dose, just to try to get as much coverage as we can to the individuals who need it. Before we get to uh, some questions and calls for Dr. Kevin Most, 312-981-7200, by the way. Uh, I, I just wanted to uh, get updated on where we are with monkeypox uh, how is it growing? What are we doing to stop it? Uh, what kind of precautions should we be taking right now? Yeah, you know, as far as precautions, really, it's, you know, in order to get monkeypox, it's not aerosolized. It's more contact, direct contact. Um, but certainly we're at the tip of the iceberg. People say, well, wait, we only have had, you know, 49 states have had cases. I don't even know what we're at. Illinois is going to be at 1,000 cases by this week. But we have to understand that the testing for it is very low, as well as the. When, by the time people get the rash, those are the people on the extremes of this illness. A lot of people get monkeypox, have very minor illnesses, or excuse me, very minor symptoms. So these numbers are totally underestimated or underreported. And really, we need to get our arms around this because it's going to continue to spread, unfortunately. What are the symptoms? What, what are the early signs that uh, you might want to go get tested? You know what? It's very interesting. They're very similar to what they are with COVID. Hmm. You can have a sore throat. You can have you know, a feeling of kind of tiredness. Everyone thinks that everyone gets the rash when, in fact, only about 10, 15 percent of people get the rash that you've been seeing. A lot of other people are still getting the illness without having... You know, and a lot of patients have it. And if we tested their antibodies, we'd say you had it. And they'd be like, no, I didn't. I didn't have any of that. So certainly there's asymptomatic cases as well. And, you know, the testing we're also running behind. Northwestern is fortunate to just roll out their testing. So we're certainly at a testing um, two steps back where we should be. Uh, but hopefully we'll get that advanced as well. Uh, and uh, what is the testing process? Is it a swabbing system, much like uh, the COVID uh, test is? Correct. It's a swabbing of the lesions. And those lesions, if people have seen poxes, whether they've seen chicken pox or you know, even, you know, monkey pox. So certainly those lesions are teeming with viruses. So 
the one thing about COVID is remember how we used to talk about how the accuracy of doing the the collection. Well, that's not the case with monkeypox. I mean, you have the rash, you de de blister it, and you have plenty of virus there that you're going to be able to find. So. Uh, the testing collection is definitely much easier. Questions for Dr. Kevin Most next on 720. It's 9.48. Good morning from all of us here on the Sunday show, WGN, and that includes Dr. Kevin Most joins us every week to talk all things COVID and all things health. Uh, Dr. Most on the road this week, but still able to answer uh, questions. 312-981-7200 is our telephone number. On their text line, uh, cab people, uh, or a couple of people have asked, what is the shelf life of the uh, uh, at-home COVID tests? The shelf life for the COVID test? Yeah. You know, Dean... It comes down to more the the solution, and really, the as long as it has been really well maintained, I want to say I was trying to think about it. I think the ones that I had had like a three year. Now the interesting thing is, got to remember that these are all brand new tests, so they probably put a shortened shelf life on it to make sure that the accuracy is as good as they they say it is. But anybody who has one now can certainly still use it, unless you left it sitting in a hot car for a few days. Uh, but for the most part. They're still very good and very accurate. Yeah, and there's probably... And uh, picking, pro- up BA, picking up BA4 and BA5, so that's the other concern. Yeah, the, um, probably a, a, a sell-by date on the package itself, uh, if, you know, if you're wondering about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, that'll, that'll give you some information. Should you keep it in a cool place? Uh, should you Absolutely. Should you store it? Yeah. I mean, put it in the fridge? I mean, what do you do? Well, I mean, I don't think you have to go to the extreme of putting it in the fridge, but I certainly wouldn't leave it in the car or in a garage. You know, you, you don't want to do anything that's going to send it to an extreme heat temperature. It breaks down those solutions. You got to remember those cards are are set to look for a concentration of solution based on you know the the viral load that you deliver. So we want to make sure that we at least have some consistency. So keeping it somewhere within those temperature ranges is a smart thing to do. Here's Mary on with Dr. Kevin Most on WGN. Good morning. Hi, doctor. My my name is Mary. I'm 60 years old. I'm fully vaccinated and boosted. I have not had COVID yet. I'm considering rejoining my community concert band playing a wind instrument. Would you advise against this at this time? Mm. No, Mary, I wouldn't. I mean, like you said, you're 60, you're fully boosted. Um, the wind instruments, I'm not sure which, those are like flute, I think, and clarinet yeah. maybe or something like that. You're blowing yeah. into the instrument, not around. Hopefully that the spacing is somewhat appropriate. If you know that those around you are fully boosted and vaccinated, you're good too. And again, everyone has to remember, BA4, BA5, fully boosted, fully vaccinated, you can still get this. So good for you that you continue to dodge it. Your mitigation strategies, whatever they are, are very good. But I would say that you this would not put you at much higher risk to go back and join that concert series. Thank you very much. And send us a, send us a recording of the band. I, I, <laughs> I want to hear how great you guys sound. Thank, thank you. Thank Bye. you for the call, Mary. Uh, our uh, 608 area code texts in, I am an elementary school teacher, fully vaccinated. When we return to school, masks will not be required. But would you recommend wearing them? 
until we get the new vaccine in place? You know, Dean, this is a big question that I have some disappointment in in the movement that we made here. I would have brought kids back in masks at least for a little bit until this vaccine's appropriate. We're going to have teachers that are going to get this, and we're going to have a lot of need for substitute teachers. So certainly, if that person has any risk factors, I certainly would, um, because we're putting kids back again in those mid-20s in the rooms, um, so the distancing is not going to be there. And I'm sorry, kids are going to be kids, and the chance of them spreading it is still very good. So I would just try to be as careful as I could, tell them to keep hand sanitizer, don't touch your mouth. Um, but I'm not sure that wearing a mask is going to be, you know, super ideal in the teaching environment right now. Here's uh, the 815 area code. I had a second booster for COVID two weeks ago. How is that different from what is coming out in September? A lot, well, of, pe- a lot of people asking questions about this because, you know, if we're just a, a few weeks away from a new vaccine and somebody hasn't gotten their second booster shot, you know, most people are going to say, eh, I'm just going to wait for the new one to come out. Right now? That's what I'd say. Once we heard that it's going to be out in two weeks, people have to understand the, the booster that you're getting right now is for the original strain of COVID. That's the original vaccine that was made. <clears throat> the booster that's going to be coming out, not only will it have that original strain of COVID, but it's also going to have BA4 and BA5. Now, the other interesting thing is we have to remember that that vaccine, we were telling you, if you got that vaccine, it's going to prevent you from hospitalization and death and, you know, upwards of 98%. What they're now saying with BA4 and BA5, and the testing has been very good, is not only is it going to prevent you from hospitalization, but this is actually going to prevent you from getting the infection. So this is going to be a big difference. And I would say anybody that's up for a booster right now, wait the two weeks. Because I think there's going to be so much confusion. On, oh, wait, you just got a booster. You're not eligible for this. I would say wait a couple of weeks and make sure you get the booster that has BA4, BA5. So if somebody did just get a booster, say within yeah, the last, last yeah. month, do they have to wait? They're, I, they're going to have to wait. Um, unfortunately, vaccines decrease in efficacy in the frequency that you take them. In other words... You always hear people that say, you know, I got my flu shot in October. I'm going to get another one in December and another one in March. The way that it works is your immune system is not ready for that. And really, those additional vaccines don't do much. The reason that we got boosted for COVID is we knew that the immune system started to wane. And we need to keep that immune system up and teach it. So, uh, unfortunately, the individual who just got it two weeks ago, they will probably have to wait a few months before they can get the BA4, BA5 vaccine. Here's Tim with Dr. Kevin Most on WGN. Hello. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm uh, fully vaccinated, and plus I had the two boosters. And um, on Friday, I started getting chills and a headache. I never, ever, ever get headaches. Um, worst headache ever. Um, chills, um, no appetite, um, sleeping, cough. Um, last night, I woke up. My Literally, I, I, I have like one, two o'clock in the morning. My, my 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 clothes were soaking wet. I had to get up and change my clothes. Um, I, and then I, what, what I did yesterday was I went and got a COVID, um, you know, home test, and it said negative. So, you know, the being is the fact that I haven't been sick in you know twenty years. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand this at all because I have the symptoms of COVID, but yet I came up negative. Yep, Tim, and you only tested once. But what do you? I'm sorry. You only took the test once. Is that what? Only, yes, only, right. I, I got a home yeah. test, yes. Yeah, so when you get the home test, there should be two tests in there. 
And the, one of the reasons is we really want you to test twice if it's negative. If it's positive, great. But I would test again. In that box, there should be another test. test well, there was, again. but unfortunately, I used it some time ago, and I thought all I need. I only thought I needed one test, so I'll go out today uh, and maybe get another one. Yeah, I would, because you're still in the window where Paxlovid would be very helpful. So I would go yeah, and test this morning, and then if you test positive, get a hold of your doctor and Paxlovid, because really it's it's an amazing drug and has really shortened the duration of the really? symptoms. Um, and in the meantime, though, don't be disappointed if it's if it's negative still, because there's a lot of bad upper respiratory rhinoviruses, adenoviruses going around, which you'd rather have in the long run just because they don't have there's not a long rhinovirus. In other words, you're miserable for a few days, but you're not going to have no loss of sense or uh, taste or smell, no confusion, none of the other long COVID symptoms that we're concerned about. So some people are disappointed when they don't test positive, when in fact they should be ecstatic. And should he uh, quarantine just to be on the safe side until he does that other test? 100%. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Yep. Okay. Good luck, All right, I'll, I'll do that then. Thanks, Doctor. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, and good luck to you, Dr. Most. Safe travels to you, my friend. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Dean, I hope you have a good view of the Aaron Waters show, and if they do swing by, if you could send a Blue Angel to Philly to pick me up so my flight will be wow. an hour instead of a couple, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, I'd like to see you in that cockpit going upside down and uh, you know 360 <laughs> degrees. See how you fare with all that.